Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. This podcast is designed to hold space for honest conversations. From purity culture to faith, sexuality, relationships, identity, culture, deconstruction, and more. My hope is to look doubt in the face, be curious, seek God, and ask meaningful questions to address any elephant in the room with openness, nuance, and grace. I won't pretend to be an expert and definitely don't have all the answers. And though it may feel easier and more comfortable to exist in the black and white, I invite you to discover God with me in the gray and unexpected spaces. So whoever you are, whatever you do or don't believe, you are welcome here and have a seat at this table. Make sure you're subscribed to the Refined Collective Podcast on iTunes. So each week when a new episode drops, it'll download straight to those devices. And while you're at it, if you feel so inclined, leave us a five-star rating and written review. It would be so helpful to get our message out there. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I am your host, Kat Harris, and thank you so much for being here on this first episode of 2022. A special shout out and thank you to Newsstand Studio at One Rock Center. Thank you so much for producing my podcast. I am so grateful. You can follow along with what's going on at Rockefeller Center on Instagram at Rockefeller Center or on Twitter at Rock Center NYC. All right, we have a little bit of housekeeping before we get started with today's episodes. A few things to tell you about that I'm very, very excited about. First things first, we're test running some new things on the Patreon community. Why? Because I want to serve you more. I want to give you more content. I want to build a deeper and more meaningful community over on Patreon. So here is one thing that we are test running over the next few months. And if it goes well, we will keep it up. I am test running a free group coaching Zoom call once a month for all Patreon members. So it's $5 to join Patreon. Once you join, you can join the coaching Zoom call for free. We did one on Tuesday, January 18th. It was incredible. And yeah, we just want to serve you better here at the Refined Collective. And if we can do that via coaching calls for you, I want to do that. I want you to have those breakthroughs. Now, also, when you join Patreon, you have access to over 50 Patreon-exclusive videos and exclusive podcast episodes like how I got out of $30,000 debt in one year and why I left the church to find God and loads of videos on every topic in between those two things. Now, we're also doing another new thing on Patreon where we release a podcast episode a week early. So if you really like this episode and don't want to wait until next week to listen to next week's episode, which is part one of a few-part series called $7 a Day to a Six-Figure Book Deal, I'm sharing all about how I went from making $7 a day to getting a six-figure book deal. So if you're wanting to listen to those episodes early, go to Patreon, join today for $5, and you have access to that. So those are a few things we're doing that I'm super excited about. You can go to patreon.com slash the refined collective to learn more and join the community. 
Now, another thing that is coming up that is super exciting is I am hosting a Vision Casting 2022 workshop with Novus Global Coach Johan Martinez Kalilian, who is also a repeat guest on the podcast and today's guest. He has a workshop called Break Your Brain, and it's all about getting laser focused and clear about your vision for the year, defining clear goals for every area of your life to then create actionable and implementable steps to really get there. Let's not let this year slip through our fingers. Let's be intentional, focused. I don't know about you, but I am freaking ready for 2022 to blow me away. Like I'm here for it. And it starts with taking some time in the beginning and getting 100% clear on where you're headed. So join Johan Martinez Kalilian and myself on Wednesday, January 26th from 8.30 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 5.30 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time live on Zoom for Break Your Brain, a 2022 vision casting workshop. To learn more and grab your spot, you can go to bit.ly slash TRC vision. That's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash T-R-W vision. All right. Now, here we go. Let's get to the episode. New year. Who dis? It's me. It's Kat. Who are you? What are you doing this year? Where are you headed? I honestly felt like I ended 2022 crawling to the freaking finish line. I had no idea how much the book launch would take out of me. Like, I feel like I creatively birthed this baby and then I was in postpartum for the rest of the year. And I felt like I had nothing creative left to give. I felt completely burnt out in December. So I did a few things. I took the last month off and obviously the first few weeks off of this year from the podcast. And I knew I was starting to feel rested when the podcast ideas just started swirling around in my head for this year. So I'm really excited for the next few weeks of podcasts. But another thing I did was I had some coaching sessions and I'm actually continuing those coaching sessions for the next six months with my friend, Johan martinez Clillian, who was also a coach for the Novus Global Firm. And honestly, oh, it felt like therapy. Like doing these coaching sessions on top of the therapy that I'm already doing was, wow, more healing and more transformative than I could have ever imagined. On our first session, we had this idea of recording it. Honestly, so I could selfishly go back and listen to it and make sure I got everything that I wanted to get out of it. But also, I was like, what if we turn this into a podcast? Like, what if we just both are no holds bar, completely honest, and then we like share it with the world? What, what if we what if we did that? Why? So you could really have this like raw and unedited look into my life, my career, my process, what makes me tick, where I'm stuck. And also so you can experience what a coaching call can actually look like. In this conversation, which is now a podcast episode, I, I get real. Johan asks me some really hard questions that I get defensive about at times. Hello. I also cry. One of the biggest breakthroughs I had in this session was realizing I show up in my career exactly how I show up in my love life. Afraid to hope too big, afraid to put myself out there too much, afraid of failure, afraid of rejection. So let's like put myself out there a little bit, but let's not go all the way because uh, disappointment and heartbreak and failure sucks. 
I also realized how much I let results define me. So, oh, I put my heart out there and it didn't work. I got rejected. I must be a failure. I must not be lovable. Like love isn't going to happen to me. Or I try big for this career project and it doesn't happen. Well, I must just be a failure. I must really suck. And it's crazy that I would never say like with my lips that that's how I live my life. But based off my actions, based off results, I realized in the session that that is actually exactly what I have been doing because how you show up for one thing is how you show up for everything. What I really hope for is that as Johan asks me really deep dive questions throughout this call, that you would pause, write them down and process through them yourself. Like get a free coaching call out of this. All right, let's get to the conversation. Growing up in Southern Christian culture, I did not receive proper sex ed. In fact, the only sex ed I ever got was to not have sex until marriage. Once I got older, I felt embarrassed by my lack of knowledge and also realized I put myself in some sticky situations simply because I didn't know what I didn't know. So I committed to learning everything I could because with knowledge comes power. And I wanted to be able to show up in this area of my life with informed and enthusiastic consent. That's why I'm so excited to be partnering with Beducated. Beducated is the number one sexual health resource that gives you tools to level up your love life, your sexual health, sex ed, and consent. They have an online library with dozens of courses that are taught by the world's top experts. I recently took the female orgasm course and learned so much about my body, how it's wired. And did you know that there are different types of orgasms? Y'all, it was so fascinating. So are you ready to level up your love life and get the sex ed you never got? Beducated is offering TRC listeners a 24-hour free trial and 70% off for their yearly pass, which comes out to just $7.99 a month. Just go to beducate.me slash the refined collective and use my coupon code refined. That's B-E-D-U-C-A-T-E dot M-E slash the refined collective and use code refined. Once the code is applied, the discount is locked in for life. So go to beducate.me slash the refined collective or use the link in the show notes and use the code refined. So I'm going to start off with a couple of easy questions. Okay. You ready? I have my journal. Well, so um, who is, who's the greatest leader to ever live for you? Who's the greatest leader to ever live ever, for Ever, that ever walked the face of the earth. I do not know the answer to that question. I feel like what comes to my head is Jesus. Yeah, I was going to say, all you Christian you know, fans like, are going to uh, be like, wait a minute, it's obvious. Feels like so cheesy. So I'm trying to sit with, is there, <clears throat> is there someone else? So maybe can I do like a two-part answer? Sure. And I feel like this probably isn't totally <clears throat> how I feel, but if I'm just like shooting from the hip, and not going to spend 30 minutes thinking yeah. about it. So yeah, we don't have would, that much time. I would say one, I would say Jesus because of how Jesus loved people. And I think 
what is so profound to me about the person of Jesus is how much Jesus loved without an agenda. You know, I think we talk about unconditional love a lot in life and our culture. I'm going to unconditionally love, but Jesus really went out of his way to make space for people to be where they were at mm-hmm. and speak life and destiny over people without forcing his hand. And Jesus was, I feel like he was just like such a revolutionary. Like he kind of said like, F the church, F politics, like, and he was constantly making this like new way, like a third way. And he didn't fit into a box. And yeah, I think he didn't lead with ego. He led with humility. Mm -hmm. He um, led with relationship. And that, yeah, I feel like, you know, this wasn't the question you asked, like, I, I say like now, like nowadays, I'm like for all intents and purposes, like, yes, I'm still a Christian. Like that's how I identify myself. But me 10 years ago would definitely like think that I need saving right now. Right. But what keeps me like claiming that, yes, I still am a follower of Jesus is when I actually read about who Jesus is, I'm like, dude, I would follow that guy anywhere. Yeah. Like he's, he's the type of person I want to be like. He's the type of love and dignity and leadership he carries is how I would love to move through the world. Yeah, he's worthy of followership. And so you said it was two parts. So there's another person. You're not going to be surprised by this. And whatever. Taylor Swift. Is it Justin Bieber? (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, who do I who who do I love? Who was on my coffee mug this morning? (laughs) Beyonce. Beyonce. And here's what I'll say about Beyonce is that what I love about Beyonce is she has constantly shifted and evolved over the years. So she's had this platform since she was what, 15, 14, 15 years old. And it started as one thing and it morphed over the years as she morphed. And as she started taking ownership over her art and creativity, breaking ties with the rest of the band and Mm -hmm. breaking ties with her dad, starting her own production company. What I've seen her do is have a standard of excellence in her craft where she Mm -hmm. is constantly innovating and constantly pushing the envelope to not just put art out there, but art with a message and involving people like in, in that process with her. So she's not she's not like a one woman show. Although I kind of think she's like, maybe like the Wes Anderson (laughs) of like production, because I feel like she's probably really hard to work with because she has such a vision, but she enrolls people into her vision. She Mm -hmm. gets like a a diverse group of people around her. And she just is constantly pushing the boundary of excellence. And what I feel like she could never make anything for the rest of her life and still be considered one of the like greatest performers, artists, and yet she's still not done. Still not done. And I think that's really, really powerful. And she uses her platform to share a message. Yeah. Whether you agree with it or not, whether you agree with everything Beyonce says or does or how she portrays her message, she has a conviction and Mm -hmm. she uses her art and creativity to propel that message forward. Okay. I love it. So that's actually going to be, that was the next one. I'll use that to answer the next question, which is who's the greatest leader right now? And so since Beyonce is alive right now, we'll go with Beyonce. 
We can go with Beyonce. And, and then we'll go. Now I feel insecure about this. Well, let's get a little bit more It's just my intimate. ego. So who's the greatest leader in your life that you have access to that you interact with? Mm. I would say, I think of my Aunt Anne. She's lived in Ireland for like 30 plus years. She's gone through like a ton of stuff. My uncle, her first husband passed away unexpectedly a few years ago and her, you know, entire world was rocked. Like she could have moved back to the States and her whole thing was like, what is God's calling on my life for, you know, 30 years? She's been, you know, what's God's calling on our life as a unit, as a family, as a couple. And she took a year and literally traveled all over the world and like spread my uncle's ashes, like all over the world. And Hmm. I watched her stay so connected to hope while also holding the tension of grieving. Mm. And it was, it wasn't as so beautiful to me to have gotten to be a part of that. And now she's remarried to another incredible guy. And I just respect so much how I just feel like she's a person who started something and is finishing strong. Because I think so many people in my own life, I mean, you know my story, my, you know, my relationship with my dad, my relationship with other people. I think I've seen so many people start things. It's and I'm I'm the older I get realizing it's so easy to start something, but how do I not just finish and drag myself across to the finish line? But how do I finish well? Mm-hmm. How do I finish strong? How do I finish in integrity? How do I be my word to myself and others? And also what I love about my aunt is like, she's just so kind yeah. about it all. I mean, she's definitely way more conservative than me, like spiritually speaking, probably politically speaking as well. But I mean, I got on a FaceTime with her and my uncle yesterday and they're like, we're just so proud of you. We're so proud of the woman that you are. We're so proud of the woman that you're becoming. And they just like stop and prioritize relationship and speaking life over people and over me. And I respect that. And I think I respect her consistency. Like she's a consistent, like she is who she is no matter who she's with. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the hard thing. Yeah. So now, now let's transition to you. Yeah. And let's talk about your leadership. So First is on a scale from one to 10, if you were to rate or give yourself a number for leadership, where would you be? Like, what do I consider myself a leader one through 10 or what yeah, is my what's your leader? number? Are you a five? Are you a two? Are you a seven? Are you a 10? Wait, I still just want to clarify. Or is it like, how good of a leader do I think I am? Yeah. So if, if 10 is the greatest leader of all time, right. And then figuring out what is your level 10, right. So that whatever is your level 10, whatever is your level one, where are you? Yeah. One to 10 in terms of your leadership. Man, this is hard. I feel like maybe I'm at a five, maybe a six. Um, I have so many different avenues of leadership in my life. I know I'm not a shit leader, but I think I also see like my underbelly like all the freaking time. <laughs> Great. So what would it be? You you said five or six. Which one do you want to go with? I feel like five is a little bit of a cop out, but I'm gonna say five. Okay, great. Usually when when um we do this with folks, what do you think like the most common answer is? I have no idea. 
I I feel like there's two types of people. People who like over think too much of themselves and people who don't think enough of themselves who like beat themselves up all the time. And I think I definitely lean on that side of the spectrum. Part of me wonders if if results from women is much lower and results from men are like, oh yeah, I'm like an eight. I'm like killing it at the game. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be interesting. It's usually six and seven is, is the norm. And why do you think that is? I why is that the norm? Yeah, that's like the on average we we're getting tons of six and sevens when we do this. Well, hopefully that means there is some level of humility saying I'm not a ten. I know there's room for growth. There's always room for growth, and yeah. So I see, you know, if, if the average was like a nine, then I'd be like, we got a we got a bunch of, <laughs> you yeah. know, kind of arrogant people with a ton of blind spots out there. So there is a level of humility in that response, a willingness to grow. And then also, and I'm just like thinking for myself why I was choosing between a five or a six. I think, I, I don't know if this is just because I'm an entrepreneur. I just feel like I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I've been, I have a natural leadership ability. I've been a leader my whole life. I actually think all humans are leaders. And, but I haven't had a lot of training. And mm-hmm. so sometimes I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm doing a good job. Like yeah. I'm pulling in numbers, you know, people are telling me <laughs> this is impacting them, but I feel like I feel in my gut that I'm not doing a great job. Like I can think of specific ways that I feel like I'm failing my assistant. Mm-hmm. And, um, or that I have like failed myself or failed my audience in the last year or two. So why people say six or seven, hopefully because they think that there's room for growth, but they also yeah. think they've achieved some level of success. Yeah. And what we would suggest is, you know, when you go six or seven, it's a very safe spot. It's not too high. So that, like you said, you don't get perceived as arrogant, mm. but it's not too low that you actually have to do something to improve your leadership, right? So Mm. first thing that we usually do is say, hey, just notice where you're measuring yourself because ultimately this is a subjective thing. You're you're determining this from just feeling, you know, instead of like, well, actually, how do we measure where we're at as leaders? How do you know where you're at scale from one to 10? And so this would be the next phase is, all right, let's imagine tomorrow, you woke up and you are a 10. What would you start doing? What would you stop doing? And what new results would you be getting? So I wake up tomorrow and I see myself as as a level 10 leader. You are a level 10. Yeah. I'm at a level 10. Well, the first thing that came to my mind is clarity. Mm-hmm. Like a level of clarity with my vision, where we're headed. I think I've like felt like I've been on this hamster wheel for so long and like reactive towards things, whether it was reactive towards jobs coming in or reactive to my book launch or whatever it is. And so I feel like I'm at this point now where I've lost sight. I don't know where I'm leading this ship. I feel like in this last year, there's been a part of me that's like, I'm so tired. I'm so burned out that I just want to get off. Mm Mm-hmm the hamster wheel that no one told me to get on that I created. So I think waking up and being at a level of 10 would be a real, like a grounded clarity of 
here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. Here's who we're doing it for. And here are the steps we're taking in the next quarter, six months, year, five years. Yeah. And so I feel like that would be there. Um, probably a lot more delegation. It would mean me doing less of some of the stuff, less of what I'm, less of some of the stuff I'm doing. I think I go, I mean, I feel like ultimate like dream world 10 life would be, I'm not running two businesses. I'm running one. Okay. I would love to be working more part-time at a full-time salary and have space for like love, marriage, children, and still be able to do like meaningful, impactful work and, and be able to trust that I have a team that is on board on vision, that they're growing. I think to be a 10 leader would be to have a team that is not only just on board with my vision, but I'm helping them become better humans individually. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what do you outside of this job? What are your goals? And how can I help you get there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so and and because in terms of the start, remember, it was like, what are you starting? What do you start doing tomorrow? What do you stop doing? Mm -hmm. And what new results? Mm -hmm. Right. So the only specific start stop that I heard you communicate was I'm going to stop running two businesses and I'm going to start running one. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing to notice, because a lot of this work is noticing how your mind works, right? Um, so even with this type of exploration, when it comes to vision, more often than not, we start off really vague and we do that strategically. So the first thing that I'm going to invite you into is just noticing how your mind, there was a lot of more, better, you know, you, you said, I want clarity. And that's where we're going to go right now is like, how do we get specific with what you start, what you stop and what new results you want? Mm -hmm. And it seems like rest is a portion of that. So what would it look like to be productive with some specific results and have all the energy you want and do it effortlessly? Mm -hmm. It seems like that's something that's intriguing to you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think with the, what I'm thinking about specifically when you're asking these questions is the refined woman, because with photography, it's always felt really easy and clear to me. I take pictures. Here's what right. I charge and here's the ROI. Here's how much I can project making. I think I've for a long time felt like the financial pathway for the refined woman has felt really elusive. Mm. And okay. I, I mean, I say that in this year is like the biggest financial year that I've had with the refined woman. Like I could quit photography tomorrow and I could live off what I make at the refined woman, which is great. Right. But I feel like the things that I, that are like bringing me in the most money are not the things that I like doing. Okay. Like I'm still for the first time ever, I'm getting really big sponsorship deals. Honestly, the thing that brings me most life out of what I do it, right now is I do this Patreon. So I do this like weekly video for a private community and it's a membership only thing. And that feels like the funnest, easiest win at the Refined Woman that I do. I feel like I have this block of like, I don't know how to dream of it being, how to dream of it bigger. How to dream of the Refined Woman being bigger? Yeah. So when you ask me like, what are like specific start stops? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I know that I want I would love for this to 
be my full-time thing where I'm bringing in, you know, more than six figures from this thing. But I've also like done the webinars and done all these like course things that haven't worked for me. Yeah. I spent like $20,000 on masterminds. And, and so I'm, I'm trying, I don't know, like, well, I don't and know there's how two to think di- of it. There's a couple of different types of, I don't know. Right. So there's one, I don't know that has a period on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Full stop. And from a coaching standpoint, I'd suggest that that's a disempowered no. So I don't, Mm. and I don't think that's the, I don't know that you're throwing in the bag here. Mm. Cause the, the other, I don't know is I don't know dot, 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 right? Because it's, well, I don't know, but I can figure this out. So even for, you know, the conversation here, it's like, okay, so I don't know right now, but let me just dream. Let me just imagine. Let me, and, and it seems like you've had potentially there's some open questions there. There's some past disappointments, some things didn't work out. And that potentially is fueling the, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Instead of let's, let's let the past be the past. Mm-hmm. And let's just dream here. Mm-hmm. For example, just from a refined woman perspective, how much money do you want to bring in in 2022? Cause you're like, okay, now I've monetized it. I am making money, but here's what I would love in 2022. What's the dollar amount? I would love to bring in 120K. Great. 120K. So you're like, man, is that, that would thrill you? Is that a stretch? That, that is a stretch. I think, I mean, technically last year I brought in more than that with the refined woman, but my, I got my book advance for my two book deal. So I got paid essentially like 75% of my two book deal up front. Great. So I think that was like one of my first big breakthroughs of, of possibility of, oh, I could let go of this other stuff. And then even just seeing without book advanced stuff this year, what I was able to bring in with honestly doing minimal stuff. Like I host these monthly workshops and I, on one of them, I brought in $15,000 mm-hmm. and I was like, shit, like, yeah. this, like I, if I could do this every month or I could just even like my goal for that workshop was like, man, if I could, if I could bring in 3000 bucks for an hour and a half, I would feel so good about that. Cause I was kind of landing at 2,500 mm-hmm. for a lot of them. And then I brought in 15 K and that made me think, man, I could, I love yeah. doing these workshops. They're fun. I bring in collaboration. It seems like it really helps people. And I think what happens is I don't know if it's, I struggle with letting go of photography because it's like such a good big paycheck and it's stable, which I know for a lot of photographers is not. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes like I wonder like what would happen, like what could I create if I had more time and space? What if I really went all in with the refined woman and I've I've never done that? Mm. And so that and that's part of the vision, right? It's like, okay, if you're level 10, what does going all in look like? And that's why I'm going to keep bringing you back to these core questions, right? Mm -hmm. What new results would I get if I'm level 10 and I'm going all in with refined woman, right? What, what am I starting? What am I stopping? Cause like you said, what am I stopping? There's no more dual business. I'm going to have one core business. And if you're saying that's refined woman, what's the vision there? What results am I creating? You know, is, is 120 actually shooting small? Maybe. How many of those $15,000 workshops are you doing? How many, like, you know, things like that. 
I think where I feel like burned and scared to hope or scared to vision cast for the refined woman is I feel like what I've constantly done with the refined woman is have these dreams or goals that I didn't know were absurd. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then when I don't hit them, I feel like such a failure. Mm. Like for instance, I'm with Harper Collins for my book. Their goal for me was to sell 40,000 books in one year. Mm-hmm. And I know nothing about selling books. And I'm yeah. thinking, well, if they paid me what they paid me and they've been in the industry for umpteen 11 years, then that's probably a realistic goal for me. Well, we're ending 2021. So my book's been out May, June, July, August, September, October, November, eight months in. And I hope to end the year at 10,000. Okay. And so I have felt like the biggest failure. I have felt so embarrassed to be connecting with Harper Collins and gotten on calls with them. And I've done, I've done, I feel like everything I can do to sell this book. And then I started talking with other author friends and other editors at different publishing houses. And I've been told every single time, you know, the average book sells 5,000 copies. It's entire life cycle. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no one told me that. (laughs) <laughs> I thought I thought 40,000 was normal, you know? And so now I'm like, oh, I'm actually not as big as a failure as I thought I was. I still wish I could have hit that 40K, of course, of course that. But I feel like to me, that feels like a, a metaphor of what has happened constantly with the refined woman. I'm mm. going to spend $20,000 on this mastermind. I'm going to do everything that they tell me to do. I'm going all in. I'm going to do this course launch. It's going to be a $50,000 course launch or a 100000 course launch because they said, if I do this all this right way, I spend $30,000 on ads and I bring in $5,000 from my course launch. Yeah. And I do that three times and I'm like, fuck, like, is this just, do I just have the most unrealistic, do I think too highly of myself? Um, Do I think that my stuff is too good? Like why? I just feel so disappointed. And so to think of how can I make this bigger? I'm like, I feel what's, I feel gun shy. You're touching on something that I actually love to talk about from a coaching standpoint, because there's a tool that we use, it's called vision, reality, gap. Have you ever seen this or heard about this? No, uh uh-uh. So the thing to become aware of is you have a relationship with this empty space we call the gap, right? So what I hear you saying is I'll create a big, bold vision, right? Mm -hmm. And it's something that thrills you, you're excited about even some people could look at you and be like hey that's never going to happen and then if it doesn't happen you experience some disappointment mm-hmm. you also experience it sounds like some shame yeah it seems like there's a blame game going on in your head yeah it's all my fault all of that is rooted in fear yeah and that fear serves a purpose that's to keep you comfortable oh my gosh i'm having a little bit of an existential moment right now tell me This is how I show up in my love life too. (laughs) Great. So, and again, the key here, the first key here is just, we want to bring this to consciousness. We want you to to become aware of how you relate to gaps. Because when you want something, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll talk about what you want the refined woman to be, because there's specifics that you've put out there in the world in the past. 
Yeah. And when you don't hit the mark, you start relating to the gap in this way. Yeah. What we want to bring into awareness is there is a strategy that your mind is running. Yeah. And it's trying to keep you safe. It's trying to keep you protected. So it's not doing anything bad. But what mm -hmm. we know is it may not always help you get the results that you want. You're noticing the blame. You're noticing the disappointment. You're noticing the shame. And then what happens is you respond in a specific way and you respond by lowering the vision. Mm -hmm. Oh, tried that. It's not yeah. going to happen. Or don't want to don't want to dream up that big again because I know what happened back there. Yeah. And again, mm -hmm. it's serving a purpose, right? It's it's accomplishing this. It's yeah. now you can stay comfortable and safe in a known and certain world. Mm -hmm. And what I'd like to invite you into is a new way of relating to this gap. So what would it look like to root yourself in love for the gap? Mm -hmm. Love for the vision. So that actually the bigger commitment is growth. So now there's different ways to responding, right? When you're like, okay, so I set a big lofty goal and I didn't achieve it last year when it comes to book sales. And part of what I feel is like, man, I'm a failure. Yeah. Now that's not a fact. That's a story that you tell yourself. Yeah. So what's a, what's a new way of relating to the gap there? If it's not about disappointment, shame, and blame, if you want to shift to this new side, growth-oriented side, love-centered side, how do you want to speak to yourself in that gap? I think perhaps first giving myself space to feel and acknowledge the disappointment. Okay, yeah. And because I feel like when I feel, it's like the first thing that happens is I feel super disappointed and mm -hmm. then I immediately go to shame beat up. Great. Shame beating myself up and comparing myself. Well, she did mm -hmm. it. How I, yeah. I feel like my message is better than hers and clearer than hers. Like, why did that? Oh my gosh, I suck. Like right. I, everyone just knows, everyone knows what I've been trying to hide about myself this whole time that I'm a fraud. I don't have what it takes and I've just publicly failed. Like it's all my fault. So I go, I get into like this like self flag flagellation yeah. cycle. And, mm -hmm. and I think that that is a form of it's a form of, of abandoning myself because it's not giving myself the permission to feel like, okay, man, I had this really big dream and I did the best that I could and I didn't achieve the goal that I wanted to achieve mm -hmm. or I didn't get the outcome that I wanted to get the outcome. I'm sad about that. I'm mm -hmm. disappointed. And can I give myself the space to sit in that disappointment without going to self beat up or also fantasy land. Like, I feel like those two things can happen there. It's like, I'm going yeah. you can beat yourself up or you're just like playing fantasies of like what could happen in the future without really thinking about how I'm actually feeling. So I think first, let me feel, let me move through the wave of like disappointment and then let me remind myself of what's true. And I think what is true is that when I am coming from love, is that no matter what, like, like love is always worth the risk. Like vision casting is always worth the risk. Like dreaming big, like part of, I feel like part of having a really big vision is also being committed to opening yourself up to disappointment and opening yourself up to hurt and, and remembering that even if that thing doesn't happen, like 
what can I learn from the process? Because perhaps like I have this vision and I feel like there's supposed to be a specific outcome, but perhaps the vision was there all along to teach me something different. So maybe it's having that vision and being really clear about it and then also surrendering and trusting the process and no matter what, asking myself, okay, like what can I learn from this? Like what is this teaching me right now? Yeah, so notice when you relate to the gap from a place of curiosity, you start to realize you have options of what you feel in that space. Mm -hmm. Do you want to experience disappointment So even if it's like, okay, this time I let myself feel the disappointment. Do you want to feel disappointment every time you don't hit a goal? Um, well, no, I don't want to feel this disappointment sucks, but I also think it's just a feeling. Yeah. Well, and so part of what we want to get curious about is what if your first instinct is not disappointment? What if it's not the first feeling is shame? Mm. If there was another option so that when you don't hit a goal, your first feeling is actually curiosity or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, excitement (laughs) Mm -hmm. or fill in the blank of whatever is possible. We just want to start to consider what's possible here, because what's going to set you up for success, at least from the outside looking in that I can see is when I'm dream casting, right, when I'm, you know, cooking up vision, if I know that when I don't hit marks, I don't go to a place of shame and disappointment. What am I more prone to do? Keep dreaming when I don't hit marks. Mm -hmm. So now I know it benefits me to find a new first stop when I'm not hitting marks. Mm -hmm. So that's all we want to be curious of in this space is to to know that, Kat, you have a choice in how you relate to gaps, Mm -hmm. right? And part of that is in how are you interpreting missing a mark? What's the meaning that you have in the moment? Because if it means, oh, I failed, of course you're going to feel disappointment. But it is not a fact that you failed. That's a a story that you tell about the moment. That was really hard for me to accept. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Talk to me. Yeah, I feel so much resistance to that. But, and I don't know if this is like athlete mentality in me of, well, if I lose the tennis match, six, four, six, four, like I lost, I did fail. <laughs> like, that's just like the, in my head, I'm like, that's just like the black and white facts of it is like, and is it okay if I am okay with failure? And in that also saying, what can I learn from it? Um, be curious. Um, so like, it's like, I hear what you're saying. And then I feel like maybe athlete Enneagram one perfectionist is like, no, like, I am only worthy of celebration. I am only, I can, yeah, I'm only worthy of this. I'm only worthy of like having a good moment if I, uh, if I actually hit the mark that I've set for myself. Yeah. And so all we want to get curious about is how does that belief actually hold you back? Because well, it it's totally a belief. holds me back. Yeah. yeah it's- and, and so even, even the, cause you're saying it is a fact. I, I did lose. Like I didn't get the gold medal. I lost the match. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's, 
there's so many different ways of, of talking about interpreting and interacting with that moment. Yeah. Well, also like not everything in my life is a tennis match. Right. Exactly. Like It's okay. If some things have like, okay, yeah. Like in order to pass your driver's test and get a driver's license, you need to hit these marks. Yeah. But I think what is coming up for me is that I'm viewing all of life like that. Right. I'm viewing my relationships like that. Are imbuing my love life like that. I'm viewing the refined woman. Like I hit a, oh, a million and a half podcast downloads this year and I couldn't even celebrate it. Great. Like the first thing in my head was like, well, my other friends hit that two years ago and I have to get this book launch out. So it doesn't even matter. Like, and I tried to celebrate it and I did, but I did not feel it in my body. Great. Like I yeah. launched this book and I'm like, I can't even, I'm like trying to celebrate that I wrote a book. Yeah. out there in the world. I got a six-figure book deal. Like that's a big deal. And I feel like I can't even enjoy it because all I see is what I haven't done and yeah. where I'm not and how I am disappointing myself and others. I think this is a tool that really, really help you because now you can become aware of how you're relating to gaps. Yeah. And now you can act. The power here is in choosing. You, you're like, oh, so it, it's not a fact. I don't have to respond a certain way. I actually get to choose how I respond to the gap. But the first thing you need to do is notice the way that you're responding. Notice how you're relating to big, bold visions. Notice how you're relating to not getting what you want when you want it. Yeah. Cause it, and again, it is not, it is not a fact that you lost anything. I know that, that you're, you're having a hard time wrestling with that, but I want I want you to consider the possibility that what you perceive as a loss can be something else. And it could be something that's way more empowering for what you're up to. Yeah, I feel emotional about that. Yeah, it's okay. You may not know this, but I run two full-time businesses, The Refined Woman, which includes this podcast and things like my book. And I've also been a full-time photographer for over a decade. Life can easily get complicated balancing the two and constantly being on the go. One self-care hack that has changed my life is making sure I always have a healthy snack on hand that is quick and easy so I can just grab and go. My current favorite is the 100% grass-fed beef sticks from Paleo Valley. Did you know that companies can claim their beef is grass-fed as long as the cow is fed grass at some point in its life? Oftentimes, the cows will be finished on grain but are still marketed as grass-fed. Paleo Valley is clear about their process and their ingredients. Their beef sticks come from small, American-owned farms that practice rotational grazing, and their cows are always fed and finished with grass. Plus, Paleo Valley beef sticks are free of hydrogenated oils, making it one of the healthiest meat snacks on the market. Go to www.paleovalley.com and use code CAT15 for 15% off your first purchase. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com and use code CAT, that's K-A-T, 15 for 15% off your first order. Has your motivation taken a hit since the pandemic started? I mean, honestly, I feel like at this point, that's a rhetorical question, right? What about your energy, your focus, your creativity? It's not your fault. You just need a little boost. Thesis makes personalized supplement formulas that are specifically designed to boost your cognitive function. How? 
It's based in the science of nootropics, which are natural and powerful ingredients like lion's mane, ginseng, and B12 that increase productivity, focus, energy, and mental clarity. I don't know about you, but I could certainly use a whole lot of that in 2022 because I got big things I'm cooking up. I'm sure you do too. Once you take their three-minute quiz online, Thesis will tell you which nootropic formulas are best suited to you and your needs. Right now, Thesis is offering our listeners 10% off your first starter kit when you visit takethesis.com slash cat. Go to takethesis.com slash cat, that's K-A-T, to take this quiz and discover your unique nootropic combination and save 10% on your first starter kit. That's takethesis.com slash cat. Make sure to use our URL to let them know we sent you. It just feels like exhausting to live that this way. Yeah. It sucks to like, like I see other people and I'm like, why can't I just like be happy that I've done what I've done and I'm doing what I'm doing? Like, and I feel like it, it, I feel how it is holding me back. Like in my career, it, it holds me back in every area of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the good news is, you know, you have access to another way. Yeah. I think it feels scary. It feels, I think I'm just like, what's coming up for me is I'm just feeling like how, I mean, since day one, I've like loved the refined woman. And at this point, it's not even about that. Like, it's not even about the name or anything. It's like, I feel that I have a calling on my life to like be a voice and to like share truth and to hold space for women. And like, I care so much about it. And I see how like me living in disappointment and shame is actually like selfish. And it's keeping me from like doing the thing that I, I believe that God has me to do. Mm-hmm. And what would it look like if your identity is not rooted in outcomes? I mean, I feel like it would feel like a big freaking relief. <laughs> like it and- would feel like an exhale to be able to do something and then, all right, wow, that workshop brought in 15,000. Like, that's amazing. Or wow, like I even, I, I get DMs every single day where a, pre- or a woman is like, I read your book. It has literally changed my life. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even sink in. I'm like, moving yeah. on. What's the next one? The only thing that like lands is like when I get hate mail, which is also every day. <laughs> right. And so I feel like if I was living from that space, I feel like not only would I be able to like be exhaling through my days, but like I also can't give what I don't have. Mm-hmm. So if I am living from a place of fear and comparison and shame, then how am I actually able to fully show up and and love others and live the message that I want to live for other people if like I believe it for everyone but myself and I really can only give out of the outflow of what I have inside of me. So it feels like my cup is actually kind of empty and I'm trying to give from that place, which makes sense why I feel so burnt out. So if it were different, it would feel, I think it would feel restful 
it would feel exciting to dream and yeah um, because now outcomes don't make or break you yeah all you can do like a scientist is examine the outcome right and 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 say okay what did i learn Mm -hmm. how can i get better from this because this outcome does it doesn't define me and so that's part of the distinction i'd like to invite you into right now is what would it look like if your life when you look at an outcome instead of it defining you it informs you because you have a choice there is an option there right now you're only seeing one route and that's what's creating you know the visceral experience it's like no this mm-hmm. does define me no it does say something about me yeah. no it's like hey let's back up for a second yeah what if it's just information mm-hmm. yeah and how does that liberate you to keep going after big bold things mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again with a sense of joy and excitement mm-hmm. yeah i th- i think how it liberates me is it takes the pressure off. I think I still like resistance is still coming up around that for me. Cause it's like, well, I got to pay my bills. And so, yeah, let's dream big. And yeah, if that thing doesn't work, then I'm not paying my mortgage next month. Um, so I feel like that resistance is still coming up, but I also hear and feel like what it means to have it. And for me, like, I'm just trying to think of like specifically like with me feeling like not getting the 40 K like that right. feels like a failure. So how can that inform me? Right. Honestly, what it, what, what it makes me think of, it makes me feel like my publisher set me up for failure <laughs> or, mm. you know, it makes me feel like, man, that I actually, I did do my best. What it's informing me is that I did do my best and, um, that I was kind of given an arbitrary number. Um, but I still don't know if that's like me getting it. Yeah. You're, I mean, uh, and you're wrestling with it. So I think you're, I can see you interacting with it. Because all all we want to start to consider is, you know, first the setting of a goal, Mm -hmm. right? Saying, I want something. And then the pursuit of it, it doesn't have to define who you are, Mm -hmm. right? Because you can choose who you are beforehand and then have that be constant as you run the race, right? And then learn how to close the gap and let that be the information, right? So when Mm -hmm. you achieve something along the way, when you don't, you don't let it knock your identity. Mm-hmm. You just take it for, you know, like a scientist does. When a scientist is running scientific method on any type of experiment, they don't take it personal. They're not like, oh, this, it didn't work. Yeah. So I must be the shittiest scientist ever. Nope. They're like, yeah. okay, what did we learn? Okay, let's run it again. Mm-hmm. Okay, what did we learn? And then they keep doing it over and over and over again until they crack the code. That's mm-hmm. how they close gaps because they keep the scientist mentality. They stay curious. Mm-hmm. They're not attached to yeah. whether or not it it worked. They don't yeah. they don't put their own identity at stake there. Yeah, I think maybe where some of the resistance is coming is feeling like yeah, but my business is me. Is it? <laughs> like it is well, I mean my book is me. It's my story. And so I think there is a part of it where it does feel personal. I'm sharing the deepest intimate parts of my life, my, my sexual journey, you know, my, my faith. And honestly, it's, I think it's a huge reason why I actually have kept photography around is because I can just show up and be really good at what I do. And no one gives a shit what I believe about God or theology or philosophy. I don't have to come with like a 10 point rhetoric of everything I say, whereas they're a fine woman. Like it's, it's, and I think this is why it's always been so much harder for me is like, it is my heart. And it feels so connected to my heart. So like when I don't get a photography job, I'm like, cool. They 
aren't my ideal client because I know yeah. my worth, I know my rate. But when I get like a hater message on Instagram or a book review or something, I'm like, it feels personal because it feels like what I showed them was me. Great. So, so notice you have a belief there, right? Ref and you are relating to photography in a different way, mm -hmm. right? So you're like, okay, it's a belief that says refined woman is me. Mm -hmm. It is me. The book is me. So mm -hmm. it is very hard for me to detach and really look at it like information. So if it's just a belief right now and you're willing to consider the possibility that it's not a fact, that it is a belief. Yeah. And part of what I hear you saying is look at look at what comes up when I believe. Look at what happens when I believe that this is me. Yeah, that's good. So now let's consider another route. Mm -hmm. Who are you without that thought? Just the first thing I feel is like, like in my body relief. Hmm. Yes, that's a good first, first thing to notice mm -hmm. is notice the release when you're no longer attached to that belief mm -hmm. and, and continue to sit there for a little bit. Like who else are like, how do you show up? What happens mm -hmm. when you don't believe that thought when you are no longer. So I'm trying to think of what would be like another thought, like mm -hmm. so I can like have something to hang my hat on. Um, yeah. not, so not just like the absence of the refined woman isn't me, but like what, what is a different possibility? Yeah. Um, cause it feels like it's not leaning as much when I'm just thinking about the absence of it. Um, the yeah. refined woman wasn't me. I think what I like, what I want it to be is a community. Mm. Mm. And like, I want to hold space. Hmm. So I can, so if it was that, if I'm holding space and part of how I'm holding space is through sharing my story, my doubts, my struggles, the questions that I have about life and God and everything, then if it's really true that I'm sharing that not to get an ego stroke or to define me, but to hold space for the collective knowing that when I heal, when I share, I heal, which is a win. And then I also am giving other people that same permission. It feels more like a, almost like a shared burden. And it has less to do with, and I feel like this is like the, the place I want to live in is like impact. Because <laughs> right. I think where right. I get tripped up is when I think of like the numbers and the sales and like yeah. downloads and ah, oh, like I didn't hit those numbers. But when I sit and think about the impact, so if it's about like the impact in the community and when I think about my story or me just being me mm -hmm. hold is able to hold space for other people, then that feels like a community I want to be a part of. You know, it, it, Cause then it's not a, it's not about me, even though I'm sharing right. my exactly. story. Yeah. And so it, it looks like you came with, you came up with some really cool realizations as you started to uncover that, right? It's like, oh, well, whenever I'm really preoccupied with outcomes, it's about me. Mm -hmm. I'm more interested in me than I am about the bigger vision and about the impact. Mm-hmm. So now what does it look like to create results and visions and say, yeah, all, all that is, is data because mm -hmm. what's driving me is not, I need to know if I'm good enough or I need to know if I have what it takes. I need to know, right. You, you don't need to know any of that from that core place anymore. Cause you already know it. Mm -hmm. 
You've embarked on a journey knowing some core things about yourself. I'm good enough. I have what it takes, right? I'm valued. I have power. Okay. Now I get to go play. What does it look like to go play, to be interested in the impact? And then now I can close gaps left and right. Yeah. Yeah. I think when it's like the first thing that came up when you were, when you asked that is, I think when I'm caring about results and money, which it's a business, like, yeah. I don't want to just be like, Oh, you know, if you build it, they will come. And right. I'm just going to focus on impact, 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 which I, it's like, I feel like it's a fine balance. Cause it's like, yes, I, this is also a business and I need to figure out what's my ROI and yes. all of that. But I feel like even just if I'm thinking back to the course launches I did, the only reason why I created a dating course is because I was told you're single, you have a platform, you're dating. This could be really profitable for you if you talked about it. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I don't care about those things, but I'm, I'm sick of talking about <laughs> dating. <laughs> right, right. Like I want to talk about other things and yep. other things really matter to me. And so I think even when I look at like, maybe I wonder if part of the reason like that didn't fully work, maybe that's because my heart wasn't fully in it. Yeah. And, and that could be maybe another, yeah. the workshop that got 15 K why it resonated so deeply was because it was like, I, I was like, I don't even care if no one goes to it. Like, I'm so excited about this. Like, I really care about this and I yeah. want to learn this information and perhaps something about like me pursuing my curiosity is like, there's like a little bit of magic sauce in that. Yeah. And again, it's going back to look at how you're relating to the gap there. It's the, the love and the passion and the care comes first. And then the, mm -hmm. the curiosity follows. And right. It's like, that is the empowered way to show up for what you want. Uh, you know, and, and remember originally this conversation where we're at now came up from you saying, man, like when it comes to the vision, I'm really tired. I've had disappointments. I've had things that haven't worked out. And so I'm kind of skittish. At least part of what I heard was like, I'm kind of skittish when it comes to dreaming up what's next and even continuing to dream big. Mm -hmm. So all we want to do is rectify or heal that part, right? So that you could say, huh, what would it look like for me to no longer relate to the gap from this old place that's creating that skittishness, but to relate to the gap from this really big, bold, beautiful place mm -hmm. so that I can continue to create sharp ROIs so that I can continue to increase my income. But if I fall a little bit short, I'm not going to the shame place anymore. Now I get interested in what information that I can learn so that I can hit the gap next time, mm -hmm. right? Because if it takes you 16 months instead of 12 months, is it worth it then, right? So you can have both. You can, you can have, it's what's the win-win for you so that mm -hmm. you're continually going after sharp goals, you know what you want, you're creating the life of your dreams and you're actually showing up to create it instead of some of this old algorithm that's really not working for you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So part of, you know, the invitation, you know, th this we've, we've deviated and I just, I've, I mean, just a little bit, um, from the original thing that we were doing. And I think it took a good course because now you're able to explore a little bit of what's running you mm -hmm. and still the challenge is, okay, when it comes to this big, bold, 
audacious vision for 2022, that would be a thing that I'll invite you into, you know, for the next time that you and I connect. And if you do end up sharing this, you know, on a podcast, this is something that your viewers can do is come up with the first shitty draft of that, that vision, the one that is vulnerable for you, the one that is going to um, really invite you to grow, the one that is pulling out the best in you and make sure it's specific, right? So it's like, here much, here's how much money I want to make, mm-hmm. right? These, you know, it, it, is there a specific amount of workshops? What are the creative ventures? You know, are you writing another book? Um, well, you know, I have to write another book contractually. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, you know, really, you don't have to do anything. You could be like, hey, I'm breaking right. my contract, but there's a cost yeah. to that, right? There is. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to do anything. So if, if you know, for you, it's like, here's what would thrill me. And then mm-hmm. even if, you know, notice how you're relating to the writing of a new book. It's like, okay, what's the, how, like, how can I show up for that? Who do I need to be so that I'm actually excited about showing up for that? Mm-hmm. You know, that I'm loving the process there, yeah. right? That could be a part of the vision too. Mm-hmm. So come up with this level 10, cat at a level 10. And we, you know, like I said, we didn't even go fully down this road, but think about if 2022 is the year of level 10 cat living full force, full passion, right? Vision, like no longer living the shame game, right? What are those results? Mm-hmm. Not because it validates her, just because she loves to play just because she loves to create, Mm -hmm. just because she loves to learn from life Mm -hmm. and what it has to offer. That's good. I just feel like I want to cry. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Feel free. Yeah. I think I, man, my heart has just like cracked open this year. Mm. I'm like, I told you on our last call, I guess I'm a crier now. Like we've been friends for 12 years. I think you've seen me cry now three times. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it just, I think it just feels super vulnerable. Yeah. And I think I, in the, in the vulnerability, like where I want to go is to beat myself up for like taking, Mm. taking this long to see the price I'm paying, Mm. um, in every area of my life for self. Basically what you're saying about the gap is when I'm living in fear like what I'm really doing is trying to self-preserve mm-hmm. and to preserve myself from pain, but I'm still hurting. Yes. And that's the thing to <laughs> like, notice. Right? I am still hurting and it hurts even worse. Cause like I'm hurt. I'm abandoning myself Yeah, in the process. Um, so that feels like hard to look at. Well, cause at the core of it, what we want to ask is what's worth the pain. So we're going to mm-hmm. experience pain either way. Mm-hmm. And it's either a momentary pain, right? And then that momentary pain of like showing up for the thing that we want, sacrificing, you know, pushing, what it creates is a long-term pleasure. Or we can create that release now and experience the momentary pleasure of like, okay, I'm back in my safe zone at the cost of a long-term pain. Yeah. Because then we're experiencing that thing like, man, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not experiencing, right? And so... That's what's at stake here to be like, is the momentary pain worth it? Do I want to submit to something bigger, submit to something bolder, knowing that the pleasure is over there? Mm -hmm. 
Now, yeah. that's a part of it because you can also learn how to experience some of the pleasure now. And that comes mm-hmm. with some of the shifts that we're talking about is learning how to interact with moments differently, knowing that you have a choice, right? How you're interpreting moments is not a fact. So yeah. if it's up to you, you can actually start to create joy even when things aren't, aren't going according to plan, even when you're not getting what you want when you want it. Yeah. That's, that's like next level business right there. And that's part of what I love working with clients with on is like, how can they actually enjoy process? Because I think, especially in creative circles, we, we talk about this type of stuff all the time. It's like, it's all about the process. It's all about the journey. But not many people believe that. <laughs> we it's say so it. It's sexy to say, like, trust the process. And yeah. it's like, I'm, I'm fucking tired of the process, if you ask right. me. <laughs> and, and that's because of how we relate to process. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's what does it look like to develop a new relationship to process? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. instead of becoming so addicted to outcomes, mm-hmm. we actually love step by steps. We we love being where we're at. We love yeah. the moment. We love being present because we know we're never getting this moment back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just like what's what's coming up is just thinking of the the term that I've gotten a million times when I've been coached like how you show up for one thing is how you show up for everything. And what I've been like processing through this week is like, is love worth the risk? Is love worth the risk or hope worth the risk? If I know my heart's going to be trampled on, if I know it's going to, if I know that it's going to really, really, really freaking hurt, like, would I have done it again? And I was thinking specifically of like my relationship with my dad and how like, you know, my dad is like my kindred spirit, like best friend and for a lot of reasons, we're not in relationship right now. And you, you physically were there and everything went down with my family. And like, I was thinking like the last three years have been the hardest three years of my life. Like I wouldn't Mm -hmm. wish them on my worst enemy. And I asked myself this week, I could put my hand on my heart and I was like, Kat, if you had to do it all again, would you like, cause I gave my dad my whole heart. Mm-hmm. And I was like, would I do it again? And I was like, yeah, like I totally would. I would do it in a mm-hmm. heartbeat. And in fact, the only thing I would have done differently is would to to give him more of my heart. Mm-hmm. Like, because this pain sucks, but like, I learned mm-hmm. how to love. I learned how mm-hmm. to give my heart to someone. And, and so... I've been like thinking like as you're saying this stuff, like how you show up for one thing is how you show up for everything. Like as soon as you brought up that vision gap and I was like, this is literally how I show up in every area of my life. Mm. I think over the last three years, I've like really questioned, is it worth it? Mm. Like, is it worth it to keep putting myself out there with the refined woman when I get the nastiest messages from people like all the time and especially mostly from people who claim to share my faith, (laughs) you know, like, is it worth it? Cause this pain sucks. And then like, I look back at this like scenario with my dad and I'm like, and then I've looked at like other scenarios as well, of like, you know, dating and stuff like that. Like would I have done it again if I knew that the outcome would be heartbreak and the answer every single time this week when I've thought about it is yes, I would mm-hmm. have done it. And the only thing I would have done differently is I would have actually dreamed bigger. Yeah. The only thing I would have done differently. So like, that's what I'm thinking of with this, with like career stuff is like, okay, how I show up for one thing is how I show up for everything. And and in my family and love life, if I can look back every single time and say the only thing I wish I would have done differently is opened my heart more, then like, 
I may not be in a love relationship right now. I may not be having that relationship with my dad right now, but there is this opportunity with my job right now where I can open my heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's verses that come to mind. One of them being, it is for freedom that he has set us free. You know, um, the other one that comes to mind is like, came that they may have life and have it to the full. And wholehearted living does have a cost. It has, it has plenty of payoffs and it has plenty of costs. And to notice, oh man, yeah, do I get, do I experience pain when I live wholeheartedly? Yeah, but what else do I experience? Mm. Tremendous joy, deep mm-hmm. intimacy, profound connection, transformation, beauty, right? Like intense creativity, mm-hmm. right? Like that is a part of wholehearted living. And then the alternative is, what would it look like to live half-heartedly? I'm a lot safer. I don't get hurt as much. But at the cost of what? You know, the, the not as much joy, right? You don't, you don't surprise yourself as much. There are not many adventures on that path. Like, we can start to examine, oh, man, there, there is a big cost. And many people, because they don't want to get hurt, that they're like, I'd rather have that life. Mm-hmm. Um, where we're at, because obviously we know who we serve and, and the God that we answer to, it's like we don't want to play small. We don't want to dim our light. Mm-hmm. What does it look like to fully shine and show up with our whole heart? Because ultimately, that's what it means to be alive. This type of work, it is, it's life altering, you know, mm-hmm. to start to get to the bottom of narratives and oh, yeah. figure out what's running your life and, you know, how you're relating to experiences. Um, I think you you were willing to jump into some good work today and just allow allow the work to to work you too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It also is the weirdest feeling to like feel my heart this way. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? But it feels really good. Like I feel like I honestly feel like I'm in this like metamorphosis right now. Yeah. Where it's like I realized this fall with dad and through dating, like I'm paying a really big price mm-hmm. for um, self-preserving. Yeah, And I'm actually, not only am I like paying a big price, like I'm not getting what I want. Mm-hmm. I am like, I have like bricks around my ankles. It's keeping me from relationship. It's keeping me from breakthrough. And so I feel like I just had this moment of decision where I was like, I'm just not going to hide anymore. Yeah. Like I'm not going back into hiding. And it feels like, I feel like I'm crawling in my skin. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I feel like before, if I would even feel like a tinge of, oh, like, feel like there's a lump in my throat, I'd be like, let me like throw in the joke, you know, right. or just like, <clears throat> and now I feel like I can't mm. stop it. Yeah. It's, you know, and pain, pain liberates you. And, I, mm. and so now it makes sense because what I experienced with I think you experienced with your dad and even like some of the ups and downs that you've had in, in dating. I think mm-hmm. that we need the pain to break us so that we finally wake up. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it works that way, but it's like, it's almost essential to the recipe of enlightenment, awakening, you yeah. know, creating a high level awareness. It's like, we need <laughs> to hurt a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so yeah. you take the things that, we think we care about the most or that we think matter the most. And then that's what 
opens us up to like, oh, this is what really matters. Mm -hmm. This is who I really am. This is what life is really about. Mm -hmm. And then we actually start to get, you know, to living. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it, it kind of clicks for me now to be like, oh, that was the, the same thing that I experienced with it's like that was the beginning of your breaking open, you know, with your mm -hmm. father. And, and, I, and like I said, like with dating relationships, but mm -hmm. here you are now. And I'm telling you, the best is yet to come. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I feel like I was I was journaling a couple days ago and I was like, man, I feel like I feel like I'm coming alive again. Like, I feel like I've like been asleep mm -hmm. or like, honestly, I feel like I've been dead for the last mm -hmm. like I was a dead man walking for that first year after my dad relapsed, like I couldn't work. Like I was, I felt like I was just in this constant zombie fog and I had this like, but now I'm experiencing heartbreak again, cutting my dad out of my life, feeling yeah. rejected and dating. Yeah. And, but it is, it's wake. I feel awake and alive mm -hmm. and creative and focused. And I was like, man, like pain killed me. And pain also brought me back to life. Like pain resurrected mm -hmm. me. Yeah. And so I've just been sitting with that this week of like, man, pain can do both. And as I'm like thinking about like, you know, is love worth the risk? Is love worth the risk? Because like love kills, kills me. <laughs> like it literally like, it's like if you are going to love someone, you are going to die a thousand deaths with that person, mm -hmm. you know, and with yourself. And I was like, I really sat with it. And I was like, every single time it was worth it. Like the pain is always worth it. Um, so I think it's remembering that. Yeah. I mean, and it is death and resurrection over and over and over again. I think mm -hmm. learning, learning how to love winter because mm -hmm. after the winter, we know the spring's coming. And I think mm -hmm. that's part of it that I've learned too is, you know, growing up in Chicago, if we want to use that as the metaphor, it's like, ah, I hate wintertime. I'm just looking forward to spring and summer. Mm -hmm. And if we, if we aren't fully versed in embracing winter, or, you know, there's going to be a large part of our life that is just drudgery. Yeah. And it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be, you know, we mm -hmm. could learn how to love the winter as much as we love the spring and the summer. We can totally. love the the times of, of mourning, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, we're experiencing grief and gratitude at the same time because mm -hmm. those two things, you know, they aren't, they aren't mutually exclusive. We can actually engage with them at the same time to, to go through grief and pain and also experience this immense gratitude at the same time, that's, I think, emotional maturity. Mm -hmm. This is one of those episodes that feels super vulnerable for me on multiple levels because, first of all, I feel like I'm just like walking around naked, showing you my heart, like showing you my underbelly. And I'm also like, I have no idea if something like this would be interesting to you, helpful for you. Maybe I'm just feeling that vulnerability hangover, but it just, it feels vulnerable. I hope I hope that it was encouraging to you. I hope that in some of the questions Johan asked me, like, all right, what does your life look like if you're living at a 10? Who are the leaders that inspire you? What type of leader are you on a scale of one to 10? Where are you playing small in your answers? Are you letting the gap define you instead of informing you? That has been a big one for me ever since that call, just noticing so much of coaching is not about judgment, but about noticing how am I showing up? And for me in this call, I realized, oh my gosh, I do let the gap between my vision and reality completely define me. 
That's why I don't want to put myself out there anymore because I feel so defined by the results that I do or do not get. And that feels really humbling to look at and admit. But we can't do brain surgery on ourselves. So even though I'm a coach, I need a coach. And whoever we are, we need outside perspective to point out those blind spots. So I hope this episode was, I hope it was helpful for you. If you enjoyed it and want more, be sure and join Johan and myself on Wednesday, January 26th from 8.30 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on Zoom for the Break Your Brain at 2022 Vision Casting Workshop. To learn more and to sign up, go to bit.ly slash TRC Vision. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash TRC Vision. And next week on the podcast is part one of how I went from making $7 a day to a six-figure book deal. So this is the first time I'm ever giving you a window into really my finances and my full career story. So I hope that it is supportive to you. If you want to listen now, go to patreon.com slash the refined collective or join us next week on whatever platform you listen to your podcast.